Welcome to the Love with Intelligence podcast. My name is Lily Walford. I am an international relationship and dating coach, and I'm also a behavioral profiler. We believe that every woman deserves real, honest, and genuine love, but not every woman knows how to get it. And during the episodes of this podcast, we will be sharing with you the solutions that we have created, which are the best within the industry, so you can find real, undeniable love. Hello, I'm super excited for today's training. So we're going to be going into how you can go from single to relationship in 10 steps where you can enjoy undeniable love that lasts. So for those of you that I haven't met before, my name's Lily. I'm a relationship and dating coach and I specialize in behavioral profiling and also body language. So I use behavioral psychology so people can find undeniable love that lasts. Because let's face it, relationships are such a huge part of our life. So it's important for us to ensure that we are spending our lives with the right ones. And uh, there's a huge belief that I have is that everyone deserves love, but not everyone knows how to get it. So throughout these 10 steps, you're going to see our exact process on how we support people to be able to find undeniable love. So to start off with, I think one of the main elements where a lot of people need support is it kind of comes back to this saying, and it's before you can have, you must become. I remember hearing it and kind of thinking, well, what on earth does that mean? What's the context behind that? So let me tell you. So you know when you've got people like lottery winners, and um, there's been an actual study where people have followed lottery winners for five years. So those have won over a million. And within five years, 68% have become bankrupt. Okay, there's also that amazing weight loss um, program, uh, The Biggest Loser, you know, where people lose like 100 pounds of body weight, which is insane. But guess what? A lot of those people that they follow up with on years and years later, go ahead and put it on. Why? And it's because they didn't see themselves as a millionaire or seen themselves as a skinny, healthy person. So if you don't believe that you are worthy of love or capable of a relationship or someone that's meant to be in a relationship, this is going to have a huge influence on the way that you are in a relationship and the type of people that you attract. Okay, our identity is probably the most important thing that we have in our entire life, because our identity and the way that we see ourselves influences the way that others see us. And it also influences the way that we are successful in life, whether that's business, whether that's relationships, whether that's hobbies. You know, it's like that um, Henry Ford quote, you know, whether you believe you can or cannot, you are right. And it's basically the same with our identity. Who we believe we are creates a story of our life, okay? So super important to focus on that identity of who you are and also who you want to be. The next element, and this kind of influences the way that we see ourselves, is our childhood. Our childhood influences our relationships, okay? And people, you know, can probably guess that they look at their parents or whoever they were around when they were growing up and seeing a relationship and and what that actually looks like and the way that there's gender roles or certain things that you do or certain things that you don't do and every experience is going to be very unique. 
But what people don't realize as well is that we recreate the emotions that we felt as a child within our relationships as well. So if you felt um, that the way that you got attention as a child was to cry a lot, well, guess what? You might cry a lot in your relationship too in, in order to get attention, in order to get love. Um, you know, if you are someone who had tantrums a lot to get the, to get their own way well guess what you're probably going to have that in an in adult form relationships um if you had a parent that was emotionally unavailable well you might end up with a partner who's also emotionally unavailable so we we create those same environments and this is why we tend to find that we have people who go ahead and they end up dating and they end up dating the same type of person again and again and again so what our mind does is it goes well I didn't like this growing up or I didn't understand this. I want to know how to fix it. So I'll go and have a relationship like that and I'll try and work out how to fix that problem. <laughs> so that's how we end up in those type of relationships. It's really important to have a look at what patterns are showing up for you. What relationship patterns are coming up? What type of relationships are you drawn to? What are the similarities between that and your childhood, whether it's emotions or the same type of personalities? Um, uh, that you're dating and that were around when you were a child. So it's very interesting when you start to see that pattern, you know, coming up. And it's only until we start having that awareness and we undo the subconscious patterning that we can stop those patterns, okay? And this is something that I work very closely with my clients to be able to release. So, and we obviously mentioned as well, so the next one is that we the way that we see ourselves influences the way that others treat us and also the way that your life plays out. So when we have a look at our lives and the stories that we tell ourselves about our lives will actually influence the way that we see things, the way that we react about ourselves. So if you see yourself as someone who's really strong and confident, well, you're probably going to stand up and certain, you know, differently. You're going to have certain expectations of yourself. You're going to have um, certain expectations of a partner and they're going to be higher rather than if it's someone who's depressed or a little bit shy or anything like that they're not going to be as outgoing, okay? They're not going to be putting themselves in that high regard in the same kind of way. And people will treat them differently to someone who's confident. And a big part of confident, um, confidence, which I find really interesting, from the research that I've um, gone into, I believe confidence is the, is the ability for us to trust ourselves. Because when we have um, a trust within ourselves, we give people permission to trust us as well. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but this is really important to understand because um, I'm going to give you an example. I have a friend who, um, you know, every time she comes around for a coffee or every time I make her a coffee, it's milk goes in the microwave, you know, that filter coffee in the little pot thing. And that's the way that she'd have her coffee. I am not so posh. I'm happy to have instant, but for some reason, I'm happy to do that for her. And I was thinking about this, like, why are we happy to do things, you know, more things for other people than ourselves? Well, in that particular situation, I know that she would make her coffee in that way. So it allows me to go, okay, well, it's okay to make her coffee that way, because that's the way she does it. So the way that we treat ourselves influences the way that other people treat us as well. Okay, so that's really important to understand because if you're going into a relationship and you've got low self-worth where you're going, well, I don't deserve love. Well, guess what? That's what you're asking for. You're asking for people who are going to be emotionally unavailable. The other part as well 
is that if you're in that place of, you know, not feeling worthy of love and you don't love yourself and you don't appreciate yourself, and this is something that I go into in the Desired um, Woman training, it's a great training, so check that out if you haven't already. I'll put that in the links below. But if, you're, if you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, how can you create a healthy relationship when you've got an unhealthy relationship with yourself? It doesn't happen. So this is why it's so important to have a healthy relationship with yourself, to have a healthy relationship in the future. And then moving forward, so let's say that you've got a healthy relationship with yourself. You've healed all the, the patterns in the past. You've healed any childhood trauma, any relationship trauma, anything that's going to stop you from self-sabotaging yourself or that relationship. Well, the next bit is actually understanding who you're compatible with. Because if you don't know who you're compatible with, how do you know that you're going into a relationship that's going to be long lasting, that's right for you, that feels good for you? So this is why I actually take a lot of my clients through the compatibility matrix, because it helps you determine what's right for you in a relationship and what's going to be long lasting and how to go and meet that person, whether it's online or whether it's meeting them organically. Because if we have a clear idea of who is right for us, we know that we're going to go into a relationship with a chance of being long lasting. Okay, and that's really important to realize. Most people end up in relationships that aren't long lasting because they're pulling against each other. When we're compatible, we are going in the same direction as our partner. So it, it takes the pressure off of compromise, discord and all those different things so you want to be able to feel like you're going in the same direction and you're pushing each other as well in the right direction okay it's almost a little bit like if you're going to go and share a taxi well you're not going to share a taxi with someone who's going the wrong way are you so number five is all about connecting, um, sorry, creating fantastic connections as well. So in the NLP world, I'll go into this quite in a basic level. And there'll be another training on this soon. So definitely check out our website or check out our YouTube channel. But um, uh, we talk a lot about matching and mirroring and it's very basic. It's, it's something that, that people know in the NLP world. But if we want to be able to get on with someone, we look for ourselves and others. And the way that we do this is by listening to the words that people say and also their body movements. So for example, if I'm sitting with someone and someone's got their arms crossed, I'm gonna cross my arms too because they're gonna go, oh, that person's feeling the same way as me or they're acting the same way as me, they are familiar. So it's a really great way to actually connect with someone really, really quickly. And it can also de-escalate arguments as well. So let's say, for example, someone is having an argument. You've got one person flaring their arms up. You've got one person who's sitting in the corner, you know, cross their arms. The reason they're not getting on is because they're not matching their body language and they're in this state of flux. And what you can do is actually match body language to bring that conversation back down and so the people are on the same level. So that's going to be really, really beneficial. Also, when I talk about words, if someone goes, oh, I'm feeling really, really happy right now, there's nothing worse than someone going, oh, so why are you feeling excited? It's like, no, I'm not feeling excited. So we use the word happy back to them, okay? I'm feeling really happy right now. Oh, so why are you feeling happy? It's almost like this echo. And it's a great way of building up rapport when we echo back 
things to um to people that they say and it feels a little bit like parroting which it is but not many people realize that you do it so if you repeat the last three to four words of what someone says you will have a great conversation they will feel like you're the best person on earth because they feel listened to they feel seen and it's just a great way of building up that connection so something else that we tend to go into as well is seeing the deception as it happens okay and i will do a massive great youtube vid um, video on this so people can actually learn how to see deception within the moment because it's such a game changer but basically when we have um deception come up we will excrete it all through our body on a subconscious basis so our heart rates will increase the adrenaline will increase and we need to find ways to get rid of that adrenaline and we do that through our body. So every time that we lie, the adrenaline spikes and we're doing things subconsciously to release it. So this can be things like blink rate, an increase in blink rate. So on average, we blink 12 blinks per a minute. So when we're doing that and suddenly um, we say something and it increases and our, um, our breathing increases and all of a sudden we're protecting our main arteries, it's like, yeah, okay, that person's more likely or not is being deceptive of what they're doing so i will do a better bigger video on this but i think the the importance of being able to see deception especially when it comes to dating is to see number one is that person safe number two is that person ready for a relationship and three is that person actually want a relationship with you or just a one-night stand so if you can if you can actually have a chat with someone and say oh do you know what I am looking for a long-term relationship and they go me too and then all of a sudden their body's showing all this deception you're gonna know to run <laughs> okay and they're not looking for a long-term relationship so this is really good in terms of being able to make that informed decision okay because this is the thing when it comes to betrayal when we feel betrayed or when we feel that we've been lied to it's the hardest thing because we didn't have the chance to see the truth and make a decision from that truth so by being able to see deception as it happens, you are able to take back control, see the truth and make an informed decision. And it will help you to prevent you to go into the wrong type of relationships. Another thing that people tend to talk to me about as well, talking about wrong type of relationships, this is number seven, avoiding narcissistic, toxic, manipulative relationships. So there's a few things here and I will, again, I'll do a deeper video on this is that narcissists, number one, they really struggle with the word no. You know, I don't know if any of you guys on here have watched, you know, if, if they've been in a uh, relationship with a narcissist or tried to put a boundary down with a narcissist, it's nearly impossible if you say no. So, um, uh, and we actually take people through a course called Identifying and Disarming Narcissists and how you can actually get around that in a better way. So if you've had to co-parent with a narcissist, if you've had to work with a narcissist, if you've had to break up with a narcissist, because they tend to be the worst types to break up with, especially if you're the one who's broken up with them. Okay, the, I think um, for me personally, I was stalked for five years after breaking up with a narcissist. So, but there is ways to um, undo those kind of behaviors. And I'm so glad that I can share that with people now because I wish I had it in the past. So definitely look for the word no. The other thing as well is they feel the need to move fast in a relationship. So they'll be diving in, trying to have sex straight away. They'll be uh, trying to move in straight away. They'll try to do everything, everything fast. So the main drives around power, 
status and control. So if you feed those things or they're doing things to get those things from you, you can kind of see whether you're the narcissist or not. But I will be doing a deeper video on this. So keep a lookout for that. So number eight, let's actually talk about healthy relationships. What is a healthy relationship? Now I do have a video on this and it's called the four C's to a healthy relationship. Because let's face it, if you don't know what a healthy relationship is, how on earth do you know how to create one? And from my research, I can see that there's four main elements to a healthy relationship and they are consideration, communication, collaboration and compatibility which we've mentioned before and the interesting one about this is um, collaboration and the reason I love talking about collaboration is because I know that so many people who have gone into relationships they have felt responsible for their partner they felt some need to be able to help their partner in some sort of way or try to control the relationship and then they feel flummoxed when the relationship does not work out now collaboration can only happen when you've got both people in that relationship who are accountable for themselves who then agree to work together Okay, I love uh, Matthew Hussey's analogy of building, you know, building a castle together. You know, you don't have someone sitting down and, and watching and going, oh, yeah, great work. You know, you both pick up the bricks, you both build together. Okay, and that's really important. And the accountability side of things in that, the reason I say that you need accountability is that if you turn around to your partner or your future partner and go, I really didn't like it when you said that. And they go, well, I didn't say that. You've got no way to be able to work on that situation and improve it in the future if there's no accountability for words, actions or anything like that. OK, and that's really important to have in a healthy relationship, that accountability. So let's actually talk about a little bit about conflict. And this is number nine, because at the end of the day, relationships, they all have their ups and downs. So once you're in a relationship, you've got the four C's there. You know that they're not a narcissist. So what do you do when you have your first freaking fight? <laughs> now, the interesting thing about conflict is that we feel angry with someone when they act outside our expectations. So what we tend to do is that we have a look at what that person's expectations are of that situation so it's like okay so um you know when i go to someone's house for a meal um what do you expect me to do i mean i think when i go to a meal i've i do this and i do this and i do this and i do this okay and it, you can start to have a look at how your childhood has influenced the way that you do things and their childhood has influenced them to do things and to see things in a certain light. So it's important to be in that place of curiosity because one thing that's really hard to remember about conflict is that you're actually on the both side on the same side and you're both working towards an outcome that you're both happy with. Because there's nothing worse than going, ha, I won and your partner's peed off, it doesn't work. OK, so it's being able to actually have a resolution where you both feel really happy. So it's remembering that you're both on the same side, understand each other's expectations, be curious about what was wrong about that situation. Ask every freaking question under the sun to understand it. I mean, I remember once having a conversation about sorry. You know, what does sorry mean to you? What does sorry mean to me? And it was very interesting, even how something as simple as the word sorry had huge differences when we use it so universally. 
Okay, and the last one. Now, the last one is so important. And so many people in relationships forget this. Guess what? You are your own person. Okay, <laughs> I think what we tend to find, especially because the rom-coms and the fairy tales and all the rest of it, we believe that we need to be enmeshed with a partner. No, you have your own goals. They have their own goals. You have goals together. Fantastic. Look after all three sets of those goals. In a healthy relationship, you know, it's two whole people who have their own goals and purpose and all the rest of it. They're working together alongside each other to go ahead and achieve that. Okay. And the interesting thing is, unhealthy relationships stop you from growing and stop you from experiencing. Okay, and that's really important to actually have a look at. Have a look at your previous relationships, particularly ones where you're like, oh yeah, do you know what, that's really unhealthy. You probably find that you stopped growing in some sort of way, whether it was personal development, whether it was going off and doing things, whether it was, um, you know, feeling just suppressed in that relationship. And that's a huge telltale sign. So let me know if you guys have any questions in the comments below. I'd love to um, love to see them. I'm going to be doing lots more videos over the next um, a few months. So anything that you want to see in particular or anything you really want me to talk about, please, 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 you know, feel free to put them in the comments below and I'll be more than happy to talk about it. Cool. Right. Well, have a lovely day and speak to you soon. Bye for now.